Good morning, honorable members. Welcome to this meeting, which is a meeting of the Portfolio Committee on Health. Um, we are about to continue with the close-by-close uh, -close deliberations um, uh, on the NHI bill. This would be the second part of those deliberations, which we had started last week. You're all very welcome to this meeting. Uh, the members of the Portfolio Committee the uh, members from the National Department of Health officials, the members of the uh, state law advisor, the legal advisor to parliament, all other, uh, my team, our team, of course, we have a standing secretary this morning. morning. Thank you, Ms. Marcel Williams. And we have uh, our team right at the far end there. Thank you very much this morning for attending. Before we proceed, honorable members, we would want to get an idea of attendance and apologies uh, this morning. So we will get, who's that Mbali? Yes, please uh, give us those. Um, morning, Chair. Um, in the virtual platform, we have Dr. Chembeguayo, Ms. Chirua, and Mr. Van Staden. Ms. Sukers will join later. I don't have any apologies. Thank you very much. I'm just going to read the members who are here um, from that side, Honorable Ismail, Honorable Ziwela, Honorable Munyai, Honorable Kaba, Honorable Gela, Honorable uh, Klengwa, and Honorable uh, Havat. Those are the members and myself, of course, present here this morning. Honorable members, before we continue, I would like to first read uh, the rules. We must be reminded that this virtual meeting is deemed to be in the precinct of parliament and therefore constitutes a meeting of a committee of the National Assembly for official purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and un only unmute when recognized. Recording in progress. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and will pick up noise which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of the screens, which has an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand to raise points of order. The Secretariat will assist in alerting the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order or interjections. Now, honorable members, last week we had uh, dealt with clauses two, with the long title first, and then the introduction, and then we had 
briefly touched on the definitions. We, we had made a decision that we will deal with the definitions as we proceed with a bill where we find a particular word that, has, that is noted within the definitions as we move through the bill clause by clause. And then we had completed uh, clauses two to four, and we were still going to get uh, inputs uh, on, on those two sections from uh, the National Department of Health and the state law advisors. But for this morning's purposes, I will go straight to clause five. And we will then, I will do as we had done last week. I will read through clause five. Very welcome, uh, honorable members. I will give you a moment to get seated. So also noted present are honorables Wilson and Clark. So, honorable members, I will start reading through the bill through clause five up to the end of clause eight. I will then go according to the sub clauses, and you will then give your input on those as we proceed. After clause five, we will go to clause six. And we must be clear on that process, please. We are not going to have a repeat of last week where we will have big inputs and long inputs from any members of this portfolio committee. We will deal with the work that is before us today, and that is to deal with the clauses as they are there. If I find or I think that you're going off on a discussion or a political debate or political input, I will stop you. We will deal with what is before us. I'm saying that for the last time today. Thank you, honorable members. It is page eight. Page eight, honorable members. I hope you have your bills with you. Clause five. Registration as users. If you're all there, I will start reading. A person who is eligible to receive healthcare services in accordance with Section 4 must register as a user with a fund at an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment. That was subclause one. Subclause two, paragraph A. A person as contemplated in subsection one must register his or her child as a user with a fund at an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment. Paragraph B, a child born to a user must be regarded as having been registered automatically at birth. Subclause three, a person between 12 and 18 years of age may apply for registration. Excuse as me, Chairperson. Chairperson. Or she is not registered as a, as a user in terms of subsection. Excuse me, Chairperson, can you hear me? Subsection section four. Person, can you hear me? 
Chairperson. Honorable Timbekwayo. No, I just wanted to ask, uh, uh, sorry to disturb you. O on our emails, we got uh, the agenda for, the for today, which is the 8th of June. And according to the agenda, we are supposed to start immediately after the apologies. Is the response by the Department of Health on policy issues, and then in, uh, followed by the input by the parliamentary legal advisor and the state law advisor, and then instead that we proceed with clause by clause uh, deliberations. Are we not keeping to the agenda as it was sent to us? No, we are not, Honorable Chamber Choir, uh, for today. I thought in uh, with the uh, privilege which I have as the chairperson that I will start with clause five and then we will come back to what is on that agenda in terms of the inputs from the department and the legal advisor from next week. Well, Honorable but, but, Clark, was, well, well, but we, we, we never agreed on this. Uh, are we all in agreement about what you, you say should be done today? Then, then what is the purpose of them setting us the agenda? Thank you, Honorable. We, we, uh, have the right, we, ha we have the right to talk on matters of the agenda. I agree. So thank you very much. I hear what you are saying. I will take the hands as I had first seen them. Honorable Clark, then Honorable Munya, then Honorable Kaba, followed by Honorable Gela. Mine's just simple. I need a plug to plug my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, yeah. Mine's Sorry, I didn't. Simple. I just need power for my oh, computer. Yes. Please. Uh, <laughs> can we get uh, Honorable Clark assisted? How do we? I have a power bank, but I'm a bit far. <laughs> Thank you, Honorable Fasar. Yes, Honorable Munyai. Thank you very much. Uh, I didn't intend to debate. However, I agree with the uh, direction of the chair uh, that we proceed with plus five. Thank you very much. Honorable Kaba. No, Chair, I think you have um, even included uh, the inputs, uh, it doesn't mean they are shifted out. There is time for them where they will be coming in. I think we support that we proceed. Thanks. Honorable Gela. Uh, Chair, thank you very much. I think just to save time, um, I want to support my colleagues. Let's proceed with the meeting. Thank you, Honorable Wilson. Um, thank you, Chairperson. I hear what Dr. Tevakwayo is coming from. I don't want to enter into a debate, um, but we did receive an agenda. And I think, you know, we, we come prepared to work on the agenda as it's given to us. I, I do think that procedurally, um, we must consider next time if we're going to change the event, the agenda just to get input from the committee before we proceed. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Chirwa. Thank you, Chairperson. I think I'm raising this in regards to the issue of order. Um, that we're setting a very long precedent if we can just show up in a meeting and then change the agenda when we've prepared for something else completely different. I wasn't present in last week's meeting because my son was in hospital, but I received the agenda and I'm prepared for the agenda and that we can just come to a meeting and that the business of the day is then changed 
with no adequate or, or proper reasoning given to us why the NTOH is no longer giving um, their presentation on what is noted in the agenda. I think we're setting a very wrong precedent. Um, and I think the team must be very careful of that. Can we just stick to, other, to the agenda as we are prepared for the agenda? We want to hear from the NTOH on the issue that is noted in the agenda, not that they will come back on a different day, because that is not what was communicated to the members of the portfolio committee. Thank you very much, honorable members, for your input in that, on that. I will state that, yes, you were forwarded an agenda. And yes, we had dealt with clauses two to four. Those are four, two, three very short clauses. Within the powers which I do have, I had thought this morning that we should just go straight to clause five, do as many of these clauses as we possibly can. And by next week, when we return, we will start with what is on that agenda. I do apologize to you, but I am also saying that we've started the process on reading through uh, clause five, and I will continue. I do note your inputs. Thank you very much uh, for those inputs. We will continue. Uh, there was something else that I should have mentioned. Yes, uh, our committee secretary who is not well this morning. Um, we wish a speedy recovery, Ms. Majalamba. My apologies for not having said this at the opening. And uh, we hope you recover very soon. And uh, Honorable Sukers also called to say that she's not well. And... She has joined. Oh, and she's joined virtually. Thank you very much. So, honorable members, we shall continue. I hope you do understand. And yes, I did apologize. I was at uh, clause five, uh, sub clause or subsection three. A person between 12 and 18 years of age may apply for registration as a user if he or she is not registered as a user in terms of subsection two. Subclause four, paragraph A, a supervising adult is contemplated in section 137, subsection three of the Children's Act 2005 Act number 38 of 2005 must register a child in the child-headed household concerned. And so, so, uh, subclause four, paragraph B, if no adult has been designated in terms of section 137.2 of the Children's Act 2005, number 38 of 2005, any employee of an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment must assist the child to be so registered. Subclause five, when applying for registration as a user, the person concerned must provide his or her biometrics and such other information as may be prescribed, including fingerprints, photographs, proof of, of a better habitual place of residence and a, an identity card as identified in the Identification Act 1997, Act number 68 of 1997, B, an original birth certificate, or C, a refugee 
identity card issued in terms of the Refugees Act. Subclause six, the minister in consultation with the Minister of Home Affairs may prescribe any further requirements for registration of foreign nationals contemplated in section four, subsection one, paragraph E. Subclause seven, unaccredited health establishments whose particulars are published by the minister in the Gazette must on behalf of the fund maintain a register of all users containing such details as may, may be this, uh, prescribed. Subclause eight, a user seeking healthcare services purchased for his or her benefit by the fund from an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment must present proof of registration to that healthcare service provider or health establishment when seeking those healthcare services. So, honorable members, the process would be as following. I'm not going to read all of this again. I will mention subclause, I will mention clause five, subclause one, and I will ask the honorable members to raise the input on that part. I would then go to the next one and I would say clause five, subclause two, paragraph A. We'll deal with that one. We'll then go to paragraph B. We're all in agreement with that. Thank you very much. So, honorable members, we will go to subclause five, to clause five, subclause one. I see the hand of honorable Kaba. Thanks, Chair, uh, for your guidance and sharing us in the meeting. I think this is on page eight, as uh, you have um, indicated. Chair, I would like to mention that um, the ANC supports this provision and uh, on the basis that um, it's being registered with the National Health Insurance Fund must be linked, this must be linked to the population register as maintained by the Department of Home Affairs. Furthermore, Chair, the fund must endeavor uh, to ensure the population registration process is automated and linked to the Department of Home Affairs database Lastly, Chair, uh, presenting to an accredited uh, service provider should be the purpose of allocating a user to a provider who is accredited. Uh, this will enhance the planning process, uh, including the determination uh, of reinvestment strategy, such, such as capitalization to providers at PH, uh, PHC level primary healthcare level. Uh, so, Chair, as ANC, we support uh, the subsection 5.1. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable Clark, followed by Honorable Ismail, and then Honorable Chirwa on the virtual platform, and then Honorable Wilson. Please just note when I mention you, because uh, I, I will write, but... Thank you, Chair. Um, I understand the process you want us to follow, but I must say, you know, in future, I will do it that way. 
I spent a lot of time yesterday preparing for this meeting and my notes are all after the certain chapter. So, um, so I, I, um, I apologize that I'm not going to be able to do what you've just asked of me, but um, at the next meeting, I will prepare in that vein. So um, section 5.5 determines that in order to register as a user of the fund, a person is required to provide his or her biometric information and identity card, original birth certificate, or refugee identity card. Honorable Clark, thank you. Sure. Sorry. Can you maybe hold on to that when you get, with, get to 5.5? Five? Uh, okay. But, but what, the problem is I've put all my stuff together. So, uh, you know, um, yeah. yeah, you would you not be able to just paste it out while we continue and maybe just have some a look of at it, it? I can and some of it I can't, but uh, <laughs> I apologize. I'm really not a difficult person, and I'm going forward. I will definitely do it in the, in the way you would like us to do it. But as I said, I spent hours yesterday preparing for this meeting, chairperson. Yeah. Uh, Point of order, Chairperson. Point of order, Honorable Chirwa. Yes, Chairperson. I, I want to reiterate the sentiments that are being shared because that is how I also prepared my notes that would just address clause five as a whole. And in what we will be contributing to each clause uh, would be in that manner that, okay, for clause five, and then we just give out whatever we want to contribute um, without going subsections uh, by subsection. I don't know if we can maybe attempt to do that or have space for people who want to contribute in that manner. Hey, person, if I may. Followed by me, chairperson, also. Uh, can I just, I just needed to get some, uh, have a talk here. Uh, so we've had Honorable Chirwa now. We, I heard Honorable Van Staden. Yes. And Honorable Dr. Tebukwayo. Thank you, Chairperson. Now, um, if I can, can give some, um, how can you say it? If I can give some information regarding this matter in the, in the uh, other committee where we've handled the, the um, the other bill of the Land Act, of what you call it, the Section 25. Um, it was allowed for members then at, to summarize their inputs at the end of each chapter. I think it, 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 it is more um, easier for members to do that as to go from a uh, little clause by clause by clause. I also have prepared the whole bill like this for uh, at the end of each chapter. So I think we must be allowed for opportunity to do it in that way. Please, Chairperson. I think was Honorable Ismail, was your hand up? Yes, I'm trying to remember after Honorable. Yes, uh, you want to speak on a point that was raised by the other members now or just after? All right. Who wants to speak on the points which were raised now? Honorables uh, Monia, Kaba, and Gela. And then that we'll... is myself, Chairperson. Uh, Sorry, it's Honorable Tembakwayo. Yes. First, Honorable Tembakwayo. Yes, thank you, Chairperson. I, I also, 
agree to the sentiments that uh, discussing point by point here and coming back, it's not going to work. We have prepared for the whole clause. If it's five, it's five. We will talk about it. If it's six, it's six, not one by one. And then we have long debates on one point issue here. We'll never finish. Thank you. Uh, I, I mentioned, I mentioned Muniai, Kaba, Gerland, and Wilson. Please continue in that order. Honorable Chair, I really, I don't want us to, to engage in the debate. I want us to go by clause by clause. Mm -hmm. When you, we start this process, you read us the rule that we are going to go clause by clause. Can we please accordingly go according to your guidance? And we finish the clause. We finish the process. I will plead that we proceed, please. Chairperson, on a point of order. Sorry, no, just, no, no, just, Mr. Honorable Munyaima. Just we agree on. that we talk on this thing, the whole of, of clause five. Oh, when, okay. when a person Honor gets a chance to speak, please. Honorable members, I'm going to allow all of you to speak, and then I'm going to make a ruling, and we'll continue from there. So, um, point of order, Honorable Van Staden, you raised the point of order. I yield for Honorable Munyai saying, and I am agreeing with that. Remember last week, I also said, Chairperson, um, if the whole chapter is completed, I will give my input after the whole chapter, and there wasn't a problem with that. So, I'm just asking, members who want to give an input after the whole chapter is being dealt with must be allowed to do so. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Honorable Kaba. Yes, thanks, Chair. Um, I think I was on platform. Chair, I think it is written as you led us to say it, this is clause by clause. In case a member had prepared on a particular subsection on a clause, when it is mentioned, he or she will raise a point. But for now, we are ready to proceed, Chair. And uh, I think I've already made uh, my inputs on the first clause, uh, where which I have prepared. I have even prepared for, for these others as well. But for now, this is where we are, and we maybe we, we can proceed. I will not comment wherein I didn't prepare. And it means it is in agreement. So that has to be the procedure and the process. Thanks, Chair. Chairperson will be repeating the same thing. Uh, I think we are prepared for this meeting. And your approach is good to say that let's go close by close as, as this committee. So I think I will just pause there. If they are not prepared, they must just listen. No, you must focus. We're no, not it's not about being clause. prepared. We are disagreeing about subsection by subsection. Honorable members, Chirwa and Jembokwayo, I'm not going to allow interjections today. You can raise your hand or you can raise a point of order, and I will allow you. But when there are interjections as from today, on this very important work, I'm going to deal with it differently. Can we please just be patient with one another? I've requested this many times. Point of order, Chairperson. What's your point of order, Honorable Chirwa? Chairperson, I really want to urge us to not sabotage this meeting. We have to find a solution that works for everybody. If we're going to go about a process that isolates or alienate some members of this portfolio committee, you can't expect a meeting that's gonna go in order. 
We have to have a way to all contribute to this portfolio committee meeting because it's not a favor. It's our duty, it's our responsibility, and we're entitled to this process. So I really want to urge the chairperson to just not to not pledge political allegiance in this particular because it's a very important discussion. And we are saying to the chairperson, we are raising it in a very orderly manner that can we contribute in the way that we are firstly used to or in a way that works as per our own personalized uh, 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 imagination of how this meeting is going to go about. This thing of clause by clause, subsection by subsection, clause by clause, yes, perfect. Let's do that. We can summarize or there must be space for us to summarize each clause. But subsection by subsection, we are saying, we are literally raising the chairperson that it's going to be problematic for some of us because we have summaries of clauses. Does it mean that we should not participate in the meeting because we do not prepare subsection by subsection? No, we should still contribute and comment and discuss on each clause as members of this portfolio committee meeting. Let's not sabotage this meeting because it started, pro it started properly. We had a few setbacks in the beginning, but let's continue and have an orderly meeting. Thank you, Honorable Chirwa. Honorable Wilson. Uh, Thank you, Chairperson. I would like to speak on the registration of users 5.1. <laughs> Thank you very much. Can I then just ask you to hold on for a short while, Honorable Wilson? I have the hand of the State Law Advisor. Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, Honorable Members. Thank you. There are two differing methodologies that are that are being proposed, but that can be harmonized, Chairperson. I think to accommodate everybody and everybody's input, especially substantive input, it wouldn't be problematic if, if the committee decides that an entire clause will be read and each member has the option whether or not to give their inputs as, as, a, as a whole or to zone in on specific subsections and then make their proposals. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. Oh, I see more hands on the platform now. I think honorable, <laughs> I think honorable Chirwa, that must be a legacy hand. Uh, and then honorable, yes, two have disappeared, honorable Sukar. Yes, Chair. Um... I actually want to support what the um, the legal advisor has proposed because I think we have the um, legal team there that would be able then to facilitate and guide in terms of the inputs um, where it needs to be placed. In that way, everybody is accommodated. I don't think um, we can we we need to get hung up on 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 the methodology. We do have the expertise in the no, room that can assist with where things fall in place. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, honorable members, for your input. It is appreciated that we uh, can disagree and then come to an agreement. My ruling will be that we will discuss the entire clause you're free to do as you would want so that I don't stifle debate. That we, um, those members who want to speak on only one subclause are very welcome. Those who want to speak on the entire clause are also welcome. And we will then take it from there. In that regard, then, honorable members, I'm trying to remember the list. Uh, let me just go through the list. So I had honorable. 
Kaba, who has got completed a section. I had Honorable Clark next. I had Honorable Ismail, Honorable Chirwa. Any others on the Honorable Van Staden on the virtual platform? Honorable Gela, Honorable Siwela. Any other hands? Honorable Wilson. Any other hands? Thank you. In that order, we have completed up to Honorable Clark. Honorable Clark, no, you need to start. Thank you. Let's continue in that order. Thank you, Honorable Members. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson. So uh, Section 5.5 determines that in order to register as a user of the fund, a person is required to provide her or his biometric information and identity card, original birth certificate, or refugee identity card issued from, in terms of the Refugee Act. However, it is common cause that not all persons that would ordinarily be eligible to use the fund would have birth certificates or identity documents. It is recommended that the bill make provision for those unable to produce birth certificates or identity documents to be provisionally admitted as users of the fund until they are able to produce such documents. Um, then uh, just a clarity seeking question around this matter as well is how, how will the state ensure that this process is implemented in, in particularly within rural areas where, where people really don't have accessibility. And I think there's, that, that is cause for concern and we would need to um, look at that. Then section 5.8 determines that a user who seeks healthcare services purchased for his or her benefit by the fund from an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment must present proof of registration to the healthcare service provider or health establishment when seeking those healthcare services, it may be argued that it unnecessarily is erroneous on the user of the fund to provide the healthcare service provider with proof of his registration. And it should be the task of such establishments to keep a proper record of registered users. Then, um, <clears throat> I would also, you know, just in terms of, uh, of, of registering um, the particular fund, uh, funders, I mean, what process would be followed in order to make sure that when those funders are registered, that, um, that in a transparent way, um, the process follows through. And then if you're not registered as a healthcare service provider, if you're not registered with a healthcare service provider um, and you are of need of medical care, um, what would happen then? Would you be turned away or would there be a process in order to assist community members in that retrospect? And currently the health system is premised on an all-encompassing referral system from the community health workers who from part of the primary health system right through to tertiary hospitals. The bill seeks to change this by having tertiary hospitals under the management of the national department. 
And um, this would lead to a complete breakdown in the system and ordinary South Africans will not be able to hold provincial departments to account for poor outcomes. Um, um, you know, and, and, and because of this fragmenting to the health system will bring no, will bring normal functioning systems to a grinding halt and take power away from the people closest to them. Thank you, Chair. Uh, good morning, Chair. Good morning, colleagues. Uh, Chair, on close five, registration as users. The NHI bill stipulates that users of the NHI services must register with an accredited provider. If registration is limited to a particular credit provider, what are the implications for people who move or become ill or on holiday? Clause 5, Section 1G does not explicitly mention all levels of care that must be funded, for example, you know, uh, vocational and physiosocial rehabilitation. Clarity is needed on this point. And, um, you know, when you're looking at the requirement to provide proof of residence uh, will exclude vulnerable persons and deny them, deny them access to health services. So the recommendation would be that clause five must be expanded to allow for the registration of the user who is on vacation or not within the particular geographical area that they have registered in. Uh, a clause should be added on how this will actually be managed. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chirwa. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, I think my concern here, it's being raised as well, right? Now, over and above, um, with the worry of the NHI in totality, I think I, there should be a, an accommodation for persons who do not have uh, these required uh, issues of documentation because this then probes exclusionary sentiments um, for people who don't have house addresses, who don't have identity documents, um, proof of residence and all those things. And second to that, the issue of documentation in South Africa is not one that's isolated just to immigrants and foreigners and foreign or refugees and asylum seekers and stuff like that. There is also an issue of undocumented South Africans in the country. And there was a study that was done by the UNHCR a while back on the issue of undocumented South Africans. Now, there should be a proper intervention for this particular thing because then it's state organs that fail people in terms of reaching them in their point of need. And then over and above that, we find clauses like this that exclude people. Um, so this issue of documentation should be looked at in with, with much more scrutiny because we, we can't have people not being part of a health system because they're not documented, uh, both South Africans and immigrants as well. There should be a clause that caters and ensures that uh, there isn't people who are excluded from accessing healthcare because they don't have the requirements of being registered in an NHI uh, uh, registry. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Van Staden. Oh, thank you, Chair. I, I wasn't sure if I'm next. Now, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Chairperson, I think in practice, uh, uh, Section 5 uh, of this bill is proved to be problematic as the patient will not be able to see the specialist or doctor of his or her choice. Um, before a patient is registered at the NHI accredited 
primary healthcare facility, and the facility refers a patient to specialist or a doctor. Now, it's my view that this bill clearly contravenes Section 27 of the Constitution, which expressly states that everyone has a right to have access to a health care servicing, including reproductive health care, and uh, no one might be refused emergency medical treatment. Now, why I'm saying this, um, and that is what is worrying me, on the 29th of August, Minister McKeezy was unable to provide any clear answers when I were putting a question in this committee regarding, regarding this bill, particularly with regard to how the registration process of members on the NHI will work and how this database will function at the current state hospitals and how long it will take these institutions to implement the electronic patient database at state hospitals. We know the... the, the the problem we have at our state facilities of a maladministration and mismanagement and so forth. And we have seen when we on our visits to some of these clinics, um, the database files, which was a big problem and a big mess. And we have also re received um, reports that, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Auditor General brought to this committee many times about the database problems at, at hospitals and so forth. So that is my worries and my concerns about, about those five chairperson. Thank you very much. Will your next honorable come? It was Suela and then Kela and then uh, Comrade uh, Honorable Kaba. I'm putting you after Wilson. Okay. Thank you. Suela. Thank you, Chairperson, and greetings to everyone in the room. Well, Chair, I want to restrict myself to clause 5.3 and state that the African National Congress support this clause for the following reasons. As we all know, there are children and young adults who currently do not have identity documents with the Department of Home Affairs. This may be as a result of children being orphans or having uh, been born at home or in settings where they are not able to obtain identity documents. And lastly, Chair, this may also be as a result of some having lost their ID, ID documents or also, um, there are also category of children who have lost their identity documents as well. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, uh, greetings uh, to the meeting. Chairperson, uh, before I start uh, my submission, uh, to the bill. I want to support uh, Honorable Klaba uh, and also Honorable Suela uh, in their inputs uh, to the bill. Uh, coming to the issue that I want to talk about, it's uh, 5.2, Chairperson, uh, same page uh, 8, um, on clause 5.2a. And as ANC, uh, we support this clause uh, for the following reasons. Uh, a child, including children of asylum seekers and illegally foreigners, will be registered 
automatically uh, at birth and presenting to an accredited service uh, provider. I don't know whether we are listening, Che, or Masai Pos. Can I start, Che? Yes, thank you. Sorry, I had to take some advice on the side here. All right. Okay, it's very important so that at least you note my input, my contribution. Um, I was saying, Chair, I'm seconding uh, Honorable Suela and also Honorable Taba uh, in their submission uh, to the bill. Uh, and also coming to the point that I want to raise on my submission to the NHI Bill uh, 5.2a. Uh, um, as ANC, we support this uh, clause for the following reasons. A, a child, uh, including a children of uh, asylum seekers, and illegally uh, foreigners will be registered automatically uh, at birth and presenting to an accredited service uh, provider should be for the purpose of allocating a user uh, to a provider who is accredited. That will be my submission on uh, clause 5.2a uh, and we support uh, Chairperson as ANC. Thank you, Chair. Oh, was it not me? Thank you, Chairperson, um, and thank you for the opportunity to, to give the inputs. Um, so I have very specific issues around this, uh, this clause, and particularly the word accredited. Um, so public hospitals to date have not been regulated by any independent agencies or structures. Um, they are instead directly administered by the provincial governments. And as we know, a recent addition to the governance framework for public hospitals has been the Office of the Health Standards Compliance, the OHSC, whose sole purpose is for the implementation, for the implementation of a system of quality assurance standards um, applicable to both the public and ultimately private sectors. Now, the private sector is, is regulated by, by administration. There are regulation structures there that they have to meet, and yet this does not appear to apply in the public sector. Um, and although the OHSC identifies itself as an independent and impartial. The entire leadership is an actual fact important, um, appointed by the National Minister of Health and actually reports to him. So we have had meetings already with the OHSC. We have seen statistics. We have seen figures that they've, they've given to us. And I don't even think a tenth of hospitals or health facilities will meet the accredited requirements. They will not meet the accredited requirements. Now, this clause strictly states that a person eligible for NHI must, and I always say very, very carefully, always watch the word must, because when you say must, it is a non-negotiable, um, register as a user with a fund at an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment. They must be accredited. When you come from a rural area like I do, 
where clinics and hospitals are very, very far apart from each other, hard to be found, and most certainly would not meet any of the required health standards inside of the school. What in that clause do we make an addition to? Because if they cannot, and nothing in their area allows them to be accredited, go to an accredited health center, where else are they supposed to be registered? Are we saying there that they will then be denied care because in real physical, realistic terms, they cannot get to an accredited health care provider? That's my problem, number one. Um, a person contemplated in subsection one must register his her, or her child um, as a user, again, with the accredited health care service provider or health establishment. And then it goes on there to say, and that's to be, a child born to a user must be regarded as having been registered automatically at birth. This is supposed to happen in these accredited health kids. In fact, it's supposed to happen in all public hospitals where children, where there are maternal wards. It does not happen. In fact, you are bloody lucky if you find anybody from home affairs in those hospitals ever. I know I'm there all the time. I've done oversight these last couple of days. We cannot assume we cannot we cannot be say straightforward the child has been registered because it was born in a hospital that doesn't it can't apply we need to look at how that can be reworded Chair. um point three a person between 12 and 18 years of age may apply for registration um, as a user if she or he is not registered in terms of the clauses above and if you go down to 5A, uh, B, and C, but they must have an identity card, an original birth certificate, and a, re a refugee identity card. It doesn't say anything there about asylum seekers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, you can't deny a 12-year-old medical access or medical care if he cannot register because he hasn't got those documents and those documents, and we know home affairs has been in the news for months on end about what a disaster it is. What I'm trying to say is we need to look at the wording of these clauses because the wording says one thing and it contradicts itself in another. And I'm always very, very of the word must. A must is a non-negotiable. If you must do that, it's a non-negotiable. And there are your words of the, the must being used in here that could create a situation that should this matter go to court or a matter go to court, it's going to be found on the wrong side of the constitutional, um, uh, of, of the Bill of Rights. Um, twice, the Children's Act is mentioned in here, and the state law, the legal advisors here can possibly assist me. Um, if, an, if, an ad, if no adult has been designated in terms of, of 137.2 of the Children's Act, any, if no adult, any employee of the accredited health service provider, and again, accredited, uh, must assist the child to be so registered. And you can help me. Uh, does this mean that we have to look at amendments um, in the Children's Act? 
to make provision for the NHI. I think we need to know that um, because in last week's discussion, the discussion was very in-depth about, and it states clearly that the NHI bill cannot be implemented until all the other health acts that this bill affects are changed. Okay, if it's going to affect the Children's Act, we need to get advisement on that, please, because that's obviously something else we have to look into. Um, and the, the final concern I have is that the minister, in consultation with the Minister of Home Affairs, may, pres may prescribe any further requirements for registration of foreign nationals as contemplated in 4.14e. Um, again, I have a problem with that. I, I would like to see an addition that he may prescribe further requirements with the agreement of Parliament or at least the Portfolio Committee. Those are my additions to that clause. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. No, I'm asking. I'm asking the chairperson to give us the line to say order. Uh, who is coming and who is not. It's not to say I'm interrupting what we I have a list. I will put you after Honorable Kaba before I then also give my input. Thank and you. Honorable Munyai before me too, after you, Honorable Dr. Tembukwayo. Honorable Kaba. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Munyai. And thank anyone else who wants to speak before I do? Yeah, yes. thank you, Chair. Yes, Chief. Uh, Chair, I think we just need to remind ourselves as uh, members of the Portfolio Committee. I think in your opening um, remarks, you said definitions um, will be attended to as we go along. I could realize other members having a problem with uh, uh, accreditation and those were earlier definitions which we uh, had indicated. Should you want us to clarify what does it mean accreditation? We have support team here and wherein we could go to definition. So it shouldn't be something that bogus as well here. So, uh, in also in support of Honorable Gela and Suela upon what they've raised, our matters relates to issues of uh, re registration uh, and as Elia said that um, the basis of being especially on the 5.1 uh, clause, the basis for being registered with NHI fund must be linked with the population register as maintained by the Department of Home Affairs. These are relevant institutions conducting all matters of registration. So members as they are raising here, as we will follow those procedures and guidelines that will assist, there is no law out of what is stated here is being changed. We are quoting laws in earlier in implementing the NHI. The other thing, Chair, which I also want to indicate here is that um, on clause, uh, on 5.4, uh, the ANC support uh, the use of employees of accredited health establishments assisting children to register. 
This will ensure that there is no child left behind or disadvantaged. There is accommodation even of children. That is why as ANC we are supporting that. But earlier, Chair, there was a point raised again on clause five, especially on point eight, uh, on the user thinking of healthcare services purchased for his or her benefit by the fund from an accredited healthcare service provider or health establishment must present proof of registration to that healthcare service provider or health establishment when seeking those healthcare services. Uh, as earlier point uh, raised, the ANC on clause five, subsequent eight, we support this clause chain because the user must be identifiable to the accredited healthcare provider. I've already mentioned that the matter of uh, definitions and accreditations and terms, we could be assisted. We have, we have mentioned, so we'll deal with that as we proceed. Um, uh, we, we, the, 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 the user must be identifiable to the accredited healthcare provider through producing necessary means of identifications as outlined in the preceding clauses. Last year, and the users must uh, access services from accredited and contracted service providers. So this is necessary so that our our system has a, a proper control of registration and you are able to also can uh, indicate that you be identified. Thanks, Jen. Thank you very much, Honorable Dr. Temakwaya. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Um, uh, the problem that I supposed to receive here. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Continue. Can you hear me now? We can hear you now. Please continue. Yes, I was just saying the problem. Yes, I'm continuing. I was Wait. commenting on a person who is eligible, the term eligibility, as it is expressed here. To say chairperson, uh, can you hear me, but? We can hear you continue, uh, not as clearly, but we can, we at least, I'll tell you when we cannot hear you. <laughs> Honorable Dr. Temakoyo, we can hear you. Yes, I was just saying I'm commenting on eligibility of those that are supposed to receive care services as it is outlined under the registration as users. To say we have families, if they say a child born to a user, we have cases of children that are born of the users that do not have a home nor an ID, which obviously means even their children don't have birth certificates. And it obviously means that even if we can have a supervising adult 
uh, who can who can register them nor an accredited healthcare service provider they can't be able to do this because they don't have uh, the ids nor the birth certificate so there is no this must obviously means that there is no uh, uh, simplified manner or any other way that accommodates such scenarios of those that do not have birth certificates and those that do not have IDs. And I'm talking about the inquiries of the parents nowadays that do not have both. So the the uh, the what were the place of residence, the, the paper that is supposed to be included there or won't be uh, uh, produced by the parents, nor those children. And uh, about uh, five, six, where they say the minister with consultation with the Minister of National Home Affairs, I we said we don't have to give the powers only to the minister, but it should be the National Health Council, which includes the minister in consultation with the National Home Affairs Council, which includes the minister as well, so that it's not only the powers that are vested on the ministers only. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Munyai. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. As uh, the issue pertaining to the definition, I made a concrete uh, substantive recommendation and I emailed those uh, recommendations as per your request to the secretary. If she did not receive them, I'm going to resend again to your attention and her attention again. Let me start with my contribution pertaining to the work of today, uh, honorable chairperson. I stand by the view submission, submission of honorable Taba, honorable Gela, Honorable Suela, I stand but as a first point of departure. Uh, with regard to the clause five six, uh, the ANC, the African National Congress, rise to support this clause and recognize the joint responsibility of the two ministers. We recognize the legislative responsibility placed on the Minister of Home Affairs on what is pertaining to the population registration and the stewardship role uh, on the methods to be used to identify foreign nationals. The Minister of Health has the legislative responsibility of providing a stewardship role of how healthcare services are to be accessed and provided. So that is my submission, Honorable Chairperson so far as disclosed. Thank you very much. Honorable Hubbard. Good morning, um, Chair. Good morning, everyone. I just uh, added some inputs for Clause 5. Clause 5, 504B, ANC supports the use of the employees of accredited health establishments assisting children to register. This will ensure that no child is, behind, is left behind or disadvantaged. Thank you. 
Thank you, Honorable Van Staden. Good, thank you no, for the opportunity. Just briefly, I just want to concur with Member Wilson. I have a, a, a worry about the using of the word um, accreditation. Um, you remember last week I said in Parliament it's easier to put a little word or phrase into a law, but when it comes to the execution thereof, it's, it's a bit problematic. I think what accreditation at this stage is for me a bit problematic. What is accreditation? If you go look at the definition thereof, it says it means official recognition or something that meets official standards, or it's the external recognition of uh, a set of standards to perform an activity or, or to alter a certain status. Why I'm saying that? I don't think that if we put in a wording, a wording or a word like this, into the law that, that, that will be um, executed um, at the end of the day. I concur with Member Wilson, there must be a lot of other laws be changed just to, to, um, to uh, accommodate with accreditation. It's my view at this stage that our public health facilities don't, uh, uh, um, it's not accredited according to the right standards and when they don't um, have the right standards at this stage to, to perform uh, these sort of duties. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable members, those hands are second round, so allow me to finish. I've noted to you the hands which had went up subsequently, and I'm giving every member an opportunity to make the initial inputs, including myself. So I have not had an opportunity, and then I also want to then give... Um, there's a, a request from my left from the legal advisor to parliament after I had given my input. Then I will take that input. And before I take that input, I need to uh, also correct something. So, honorable members, uh, clause five, sub clause, sub clause five speaks about the biometrics. Um, I think it is very important that we. Uh, that we agree to support this for as a form of identification of the users of healthcare uh, in the future, and also to ensure that we are know who the people are who are entitled to benefits. And it's also important for home affairs to know who we have on the registration. You know, the world is going where it we will eventually be relying on bi biometrics in order to be able to identify a person. So we might as well include this right from the onset. So I agree, and as the ANC, we support clause five, uh, sub-clause five in its totality uh, for those reasons of uh, verifying the bona fides of the user, uh, being able to uh, allow people to access benefits and, uh, and to ensure that those who are not entitled to benefits won't be able to access those if uh, they are not complied with what is required for them to do. And then lastly, for uh, home affairs also to be able to have an understanding of who is in our country uh, and it assists them to build their own register also as we go forward. So together, we'll be doing both of those as, as health and as home affairs. Then before I allow the legal advisor to parliament, I had omitted to introduce the members from, uh, 
from the NDOH. And uh, DG, it's only when I looked closely, I didn't see you behind your mask, my apology. I looked and I looked again. And then I asked somebody, is that the DG sitting there? So we're very welcome to the meeting, but late. But thank you very much for attending. And then Dr. Tulare next to you, Advocate Moabelo, Mr. Moremen Kosi, uh, the technical advisor, uh, Ms. Lungiswa Baloyi, uh, the, the, um, and Ms. Peace Chiza, DJ Speed PA, and then our regular attendee, uh, I almost said Honorable Joe Hatla. By now, we should be calling. <laughs> So, uh, Mr. Joe Hartler, PLO to the minister. Thank you very much, all of you. Uh, better late than never. I hope uh, somebody will offer me a coffee to show that I am excused for not raising that earlier. Ms. Isaacs, floor Thank you, Chairperson, for this opportunity. I would just like to draw the members' attention to two issues. Um, in clause 5.1, it says the person who is eligible to receive healthcare services must register. Uh, with the fund with an accredited healthcare service provider. The clause provides for children who are a vulnerable group, but we also need to consider other vulnerable groups, such as those who are mentally impaired, physically impaired, and those who are aged, who may not be able to go and register with the fund. So we don't want to lose that out of this clause to create a provision for them. And the other issue that I would like to draw the members' attention to is clause 5.8, which requires proof of registration to access uh, healthcare services. Uh, I would like to um, point out that if there's a medical emergency and the person has not registered, that will create an issue where they may not have proof of uh, registration and they will not be able to be denied healthcare services. So those are the two issues I would like to draw the members' attention to for consideration. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much for that input. Uh, honorable members, we, uh, yes, I do note, allow me yeah, to- my hand was up. Yes, okay, give me an opportunity to, I've started drawing another list, honorable members, give me a chance to do what I do best. Um, so I started drawing a list and the list is as follows, from what I see inside the venue and from what I heard on the platform. It's Honorable Clark, Wilson Kaba, and Dr. Tembakwayo. And then Ismail. Honorable members, at some stage, we're going to have to draw to a close. So this is the last round. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, I think it's also really necessary for us to understand um, what constitutes an accredited health care service provider. You know, what constitutes that? So, um, so, so it's clear to us. And then secondly, Chair, um, I would also just like to mention from my own personal experiences going to do oversight at hospitals, and Member Wilson mentioned that. And I think it's something that we're going to have to add into this bill, that hospitals must have a home affairs desk in order to assist with registration. And, and, and that is not the case at the moment. 
at many hospitals. And, and even, even when you visit schools, it's a huge problem that children are not being documented. It's a huge problem. And, and, and principals always say to us, you know, a home affairs should come and visit our schools when they do um, uh, mobile clinics at the schools and make sure that kids that have not got documentation are registered. So I think, you know, and to make ease of providing what we want to provide as a healthcare service, that should be a stipulation, Chairperson, that that kind of service is readily available at hospitals in order to do so. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson, and, and I meant to raise this in the first round and it, it got lost in my notes here. Just something else I'd like to raise. And thank you for the to the legal advisor, because I think the two points that you raised are very, very important. Um, and we must remember that we provide service for for everybody, whether they be mental, disabled, challenged, or regardless. So thank you for raising that. Um, it was a very good point. But I'm going to go back to my accreditation because there is a misunderstanding, and we saw this in the public hearings, Chair, when we did the public hearings in the various provinces. People were coming to support the NHI, and then you would listen to what they said, and it always came with a but, or, or and, and I'm pleased. Now, my understanding, and perhaps the legal advisors can pr prove me wrong, but my understanding of the NHI bill in terms of private health sectors is that they may register for the NHI and may offer certain services. They may not offer the whole range of, of, of NHI benefits, but depending on their availability, their staffing, their accommodation, what their facilities, they may opt to register as an NHI provider for certain facilities, maybe not all, maybe all, but they will, they will opt in and may do so. And this is what is worth where the accreditation now becomes very, very important, okay, because there is a public perception that the moment the NHI bill is passed, people can go to any jolly hospital they like, private, public, or otherwise. That is not the case. It is not the case, and we must be wary of this. If a public health, if a private health facility has not registered with the NHI, you may not go there if you are looking for NHI unless you're willing to pay for it, unless you, if you are looking for free NHI um, um, benefits. Um, and I really think, and we can, you know, we will obviously submit our, our, our recommended changes and the wordings for this, but it's a very, very relevant point. A, a, a private hospital might be accredited with NHI, but only for delivering babies, maternal care, or maybe only this specific sector of the NHI or this specific service. Um, because they have an accreditation, it does not mean that anybody who feels like it can walk into that hospital and expect to be serviced. Thank you. Honorable Kava? No, thanks, Chair. Uh, perhaps, uh, as having mentioned, I think, Chair, it must be clear that um, uh, having accredited uh, institutions, it's very important. 
And this, um, I will uh, all take us to uh, page five in terms of the definition on number one, what this accredited means, so that we don't just uh, debate around in the circle. We have already said that on the definitions, there is what is accredited. And Chair, you have earlier indicated that um, for the other registrations, especially on clause 5.5, .5, uh, that the ANC support the use of biometric identification methods for purpose of verifying the bona fides of the user. And this is important in mitigating fraudulent access to benefits by those that are not entitled to benefit. This may include the emergencies which the legal advisor was mentioning to us for those who may not have, but there is provision of which the ANC supports this uh, as, as we have mentioned it. And Chair, it is very important, I stress the fact that uh, the user must be identifiable uh, to the accredited healthcare provider through producing necessary means of identifications as outlined in the preceding clause. And users must access services from accredited and contracted services providers. So we may not be on argument in understanding how we could be authentic and be of proper registered here. If there is a problem in terms of practice, uh, we may propose like Honorable Mnyai earlier have said, the definitions he had already said. If there is another definition, any other member would like to raise that is different from what is raised here on the bill, do it. But for now, uh, having accredited institutions, that's very important. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Uh, thank, you. thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I just wanted to say that, um, uh, like, like all the other parties who are reiterating their positions on this NHI bill, to put it under record that we said as the economic freedom fighters in South Africa, that we do not support this NHI bill in its entirety. The same applies to the clause five, as we have mentioned it there, because I think it's a trend that is uh, being uh, recognized in this meeting. And uh, secondly, uh, I would like the legal advisor, please, to repeat what, what, what she said. I couldn't understand her clearly. What she said pertaining to the medical emergency uh, with reference to those that are not registered in the fund because of the fact that they, they don't have any proof of residence and they don't have the uh, IDs nor the birth certificates. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Klengwa. Can I come up with another? And then Honorable uh, Gela, Honorable Munya. Honorable Ismail, was your hand up? So after Honorable Klengwa's Honorable uh, Ismail, followed by Honorable Gela, followed by Honorable Munya. Thank you, Chairperson. Let me greet all the Honorable members and the department. Uh, mine, in terms of the registration as users, the way it is familiar, 
um, from KZN. From KZN, we started in 2018 in ideals clinic where we register for preparing for this NHI. I'm happy that I said uh, Dr. Lomo there, Deputy Minister, he will uh, say that that is implemented in KZN. Coming to home affairs in hospital, there are tests of the home affairs in the hospital. When you give a birth, you came up with a, a, a birth certificate in hospital. I don't know what is happening in the private, but I'm talking about the public hospital. There is a, a home affairs desk. When we come to uh, uh, registration of children and those who are home-headed. Yes, they have that assistance. Even the one who have get birth at home, those mothers take them to the clinic and the clinic assist to get this thing. Therefore, I fully, as an IFP, support this bill because it is tangible, it is legible. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable members, just to remind us, we also have a tea time. Uh, I'm now trying to figure out when we actually have that tea time now. We can, honorable members, please be reminded that you are aware that I do have a bit of a hearing challenge with my left ear. So. If I only pick you up on one side, I hear nothing on the other side. So please, let me let me chair my meeting. Sorry, kid, that's selective hearing. That's called selective hearing. Just for yourself, Honorable Wilson. So I don't want to hear, say, but you're on my wrong side, even though they're on the side. Uh, but we have a number of I have a long list here still, and I'm reminded there's also a tea time, and we're going to lose that tea time. So let me just show you my list is so one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's rather have the tea time. It is 11 o'clock. We take off from there. We start with Honorable. Who did I say is next? Honorable Gela. Then I said Munyai, and I see Honorable Sukersand is also on the platform, and Honorable Ismail. So it's a long list. Let's rather have the tea time. We'll be back at quarter past. Thank you very much.
What are we going to have sound to? Yes, thumbs up. Please continue. Thank you, Chair. I was saying, Chairperson, uh, indeed, we have a good story to tell um, as African National Congress uh, because what Honorable Kenwa was saying, it's happening uh, in our public hospital. When you visit uh, MOU, after uh, after child's birth, you get a birth certificate immediately. When you go home, you go home with your nice baby, healthy baby, and also a birth certificate. After that, you can also go and register for a grant so same that day. at least same day. So this is a really a good story uh, to tell. So I'm very happy uh, when Mahlengwa is saying that, uh, that also they see uh, what um, the government is doing under African National Congress, which it's good, uh, Mahlengwa, uh, to say that. But coming to the issue that I also want to raise, uh, Chairperson, uh, I fully support uh, the implementation of the NHI. Uh, bill uh, in our country because I know uh, what it's going to do. It's going to change. Of course, I understand people who are covered, they don't care about what other people who are suffering, whether they will benefit or not. Hence, they are not supporting the NHI bill because they don't care about uh, the people of South Africa who are still uh, suffering, who are poor. But um, I fully support uh, the NHI bill, Chair. Uh, this is the good move that um, our, our government is doing in terms of making sure that we have uh, access uh, in health facility equally. Because even now I'm paying medical aid, but I don't know who's my broker, you know? And um, you know, Chair, so it's something that uh, I think um, we are trying to address. Uh, so this bill, I think it's a good move. And um, people have spoken, uh, we have listened to them uh, during the public hearing, Chairperson. You were part of the public hearing. They were saying, you know, you keep on discussing uh, this bill. We want this bill to be implemented as soon as yesterday, uh, we thought when you are coming to us, you will tell us tomorrow we are starting because we are ready. 
to make sure that we have access in this bill because of the conditions that they see themselves into. Uh, but the other thing that I want to uh, add, Chairperson, to emphasize on, um, it's uh, uh, on the access to emergency medical services. Uh, please emphasize that in the uh, preamble, the bill uh, bears uh, in mind uh, the provisions of Section 27 of the Bill of Rights on uh, no one being uh, refused access to emergency medical services. Um, it is therefore uh, implied that NHL will not and cannot undermine Section 27 of the Constitution. Uh, the other point, uh, person that I want to make uh, on people not uh, located in the place of residence, uh, relocating or uh, failing sick uh, whilst on holiday, the preamble assures uh, us that the NHI will ensure a continu- continuity and a portability of uh, financing and services throughout the country. Uh, Clause 7.2b and Clause 7.3 also addresses uh, this matter. There are many other clauses in the bill that make uh, references uh, to this. So I will just pause the chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Gela. Honorable... Um, let me make sure. Munyai, uh, Ismail, then Munyai, then Supers. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I just have a few things to say. On the matter of home affairs being at hospitals and, you know, we're getting a service on the ground and immediate service delivery, I've had to assist, it was just in two months ago, I had to assist a mother to, to actually apply for the birth certificate for her three-month-old baby since just because the hospital at hand couldn't register a child. So I think the important factor that we're discussing here today is that going forward, what we want to do, but currently, the system is obviously not working, okay? So the fact that a teenage mother not having an ID and then having to apply for a birth certificate for a baby and it's not happening on the ground. And it's not only one issue. It's a matter of this happening at, at various hospitals. So the issue at hand is that home affairs is a problem. The home affairs department is not providing the efficient service delivery that we actually require. And this matter has to be addressed and it has to be included in this bill because the reality is that so many people will be sitting without medical health care due the inconsistent service delivery at ground root level of a sister department. That's one. Two is, I want to put it on record, I've attended quite a few public hearings. And in most of these public hearings, everybody was looking forward to NHI because they looked at NHI as a universal healthcare system. And let me put it on record, the Democratic Alliance totally agrees and supports universal healthcare to the country. However, Everyone in this public submission stated, we have major issues with our current healthcare service delivery on the ground. And that we've had 
people complaining we, we, we can't even get to the hospital or to the clinic, never mind anything else. When we go to the clinic, there are no medication. There is no doctors to help us. There is no doctors to actually assist us in, you know, uh, attending to our health uh, healthcare need. So ultimately, we're actually saying that we may have accredited hospitals or clinics, but under the NHI, we want specification of what accredited means. Because I was just saying to a colleague now, there's a specification of the meaning of the word accredited in the dictionary. But under the NHI, we need specifics. So that coming or going down the line, we don't have anybody sitting without a healthcare services because now it, it does not provide for you under the under, under the bill. But anyway, why I want what I wanted to actually bring up here was that the NHI bill must clearly specify the factors that the benefits advisory committee and the fund will consider when determining which medicine should be included in the benefits package. This is very important because if the if the if the medicine is not available under that you know uh, package, users of the NHI fund will then they have to seek additional medical funding support from other you know from from another source. And how are they going to be managing that? Another point that I want to highlight is that uh, you know medicines are not specified. We need medicine specified, and uh, you know. We, we need, when it comes to referral pathways or when it comes to a, 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 a patient going to a specific doctor and then you want to go to another doctor now and, uh, you know, that, that specific time for that referral pathway may actually, and I think in one of the submissions, I just can't remember which, uh, you know, which entity actually brought this up to us, but it, it stuck in my brain that if, if it takes too long for the referral pathway letter to be given or allowed, that particular patient could lose a, you know, a lump or a hand, and it could be actually fatal where a life could be lost. So we need this actually specified in the NHI bill of how these things are going to be addressed so that we don't actually have a detriment of non-service delivery in totality rather than having effective you know, universal health care to all. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Munyai, followed by Honorable Sukers. Esteemed Honorable Chair, uh, I'm not going to focus on the debate. I'll do debate in the Parliament. Today, my uh, Parliament task is to focus on clause by clause. Uh, clause 4, clause 54A, the ANC rise in support of this clause fully. The basis for that, Honorable Chair, is that many of our children uh, uh, from uh, come from the child-headed household and require the support and the assistance of supervision adults for their welfare. The supervision adults is tasked with the responsibility to register the children to fully benefit from the national health insurance. On accreditation, uh, honorable chair, clause 39.2, describe the accreditation and the meaning, therefore. The description is very clear, and the portfolio committee should consider this matter when we get there. For now, you have clarified us that we are close five and, and we're dealing with those details. I suggest uh, on behalf of the ANC that we would like to have a developmental approach on, on the to the public, public health facilities, and we will make more substantive inputs on proposal when clause nine 
clause 39 is being debated. I'm sorry, clause 39 to be precise. So therefore, honorable chair, I will request, it's my plea, that please the legal mind must not take us back when we pronounce ourselves on specific input as honorable member. Please, because uh, the legal, I mean, the legal advisors should not behave such as honorable members. That's my plea. They can advise, but they should not take us back where honorable members have pronounced of themselves on the clauses. Thank you very much, honorable chair. It's my plea. Thank you. Honorable Sukars. Yes, Chair, um, thank you. Um, Chair, I just want to um, ask two things. The, currently in two committees, for instance, um, in the Social Development um, Committee, the uh, Children's Amendment Bill is um, being concluded and the committee has um, decided to deal just with the foster care clauses <laughs> in order to meet the court deadline. But I'm bringing it up because I just want to know whether we are tagging um, the issues that are in the children's, within the Children's Amendment Bill currently with what is uh, what um, we're dealing with in this bill where it relates specifically to children. And I want to add to what Honorable Asina said, and we need to face the reality of it. It's uh, all good and well to do the politics of the story. Laws work on the ground where people live. So we need to look as lawmakers on how does would the law look like in practice? And currently there are at least 500,000 children in South Africa without a birth certificate. 80% of them are South African citizens. The NHI bill needs a provision to enable these children to register as users while they wait on home affairs, which can take many years. So the NHI should look at what, for instance, SASA is doing. They generate a unique SASA number for kids so that they can access a grant. They have, at the moment, 35,000 kids on grants using the system. So the NHI should have a provision that allows registration using alternative proof of identity. Um, alternative proof of identity if there is no ID or birth certificate available. I also want to um, bring to the, to the attention of the committee in terms of um, undocumented children, there are social circumstances that makes it very difficult for children to be um, just registered, especially vulnerable children. And so when we look at the bill, the law advisor, um, that the legal advisor that's with us can give us guidance, for instance, with those kind of um, issues that are very important. If, you, if a child needs to access um, medical treatment, for instance, and the child is undocumented, it, it, it poses a real problem, especially if you look at the, um, at, the, at the number of children that are undocumented. I just want to, to bring that up, Chair, because the registration of children, the issue of parental rights, I just um, want to uh, raise it uh, while we're dealing with the registration of children. So can we 
look at making a provision for children that are undocumented, and we have 500,000 of them, of which 80% of them are South African citizens. Thank you. Uh, honorable members, thank you, Honorable Sukars. I saw on the platform the hand of Honorable Chirwa, uh, Honorable Kaba. Uh, you haven't had a second chance, but Honorable members, we would have to end at some stage. We cannot continue in a in a circle. So. I'm going to do the following. I'm going to allow Honorable Churwa, who has not had an opportunity, second bite. Then Honorable Kaba with a second bite. And then I'm going to, to is there anyone on my left who you still want to respond? Uh, no. Yes? Yes, that's all. Then, uh, yes. So, Honourable members, so that we can move forward. That's now the final say. Honourable Churwa. Thank you, Chair. It was actually, I was actually seeking clarity because I'm not sure if I missed the first part when we didn't have sound. Are we still on the issue of clauses? And if we so, have, which clause are we on? Are we still on five or six or seven now? We have on clause five, Honourable Churwa. We are about to conclude okay. on clause five. Yeah, I'm asking this because I see people are mentioning other clauses as we go, even if it doesn't relate. So I, that's why I had a confusion because I also lost out on sound before earlier. If we're on clause five, it's fine. I'll wait for clause six. I've done my deliberations for clause five. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Honorable Kaba? Chair, I think uh, we are in agreement. We propose that uh, we move forward. We have raised the matter on 5.4 that the the. the this will ensure that no child is left behind or disadvantaged. Uh, so if you go to clause 5.4, that is attended. So can we move forward? Thank you. From myself, there's one clause, I think that we have not been able to address. It's clause uh, five, uh, sub clause seven, uh, which speaks about unaccredited health establishments. Um, so, so this one is very straightforward, and it does make sense even in, in today's practice. If you, if you want to attend any facility, whether that's a private surgery or, or, or a, a medical facility in the public space or in the private sector space, then you will surely go to a facility where you know that facility is registered in terms of being able to provide services. The second thing is that those uh, medical personnel who would be providing the services would, of course, also be registered with a relevant uh, uh, professional body in the, in the case of a doctor, the Health Professions Council of South Africa. It doesn't just stands to reason that those healthcare service providers would then be obliged to maintain a register in order for them to show good practice, firstly, secondly, for themselves as a referral as to their practice, and thirdly, also for the, the fund and their professional body to be able to assess what the services are which are being provided. So as the ANC, we want to state that we support 
clause five, subclause seven, for for those reasons. Uh, and then I think that's the last that I wanted to comment. We shall now, honourable members. Um, And, and and it also says that there would be a particular details which would be prescribed. So there would be a min minimum set of details which everyone would be required to maintain as a healthcare provider, being at the GP, being at the healthcare facility, etc. I think we've come to the end of this clause now. There's only one clarification that we that is going to be given by the legal advisor to parliament and then i'm going to close the section honorable members and i'm going to close six if we look at the time now we have just under an hour to continue with clause six so let us do that thanks uh, thank you chairperson i think before the break uh, dr tim mcquire asked for clarity on what i had said about medical emergencies and i was referring to clause five eight which says that um a user must provide proof of registration if they want to access um, healthcare services. And I was just pointing out there may be instances where there is a medical emergency and the person is unregistered or unable to provide proof at that stage. So we just need to consider that point. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable members, we have Chair, to move forward. Chair, just before you close, on the unregistered, uh, on the unregistered uh, people, the health um, patient registration system uh, registers, registers undocumented people already. So the system exists to register undocumented persons. So we must refer ourselves to the health registration system. It does register those people. Thanks. Thank you, honorable members. I'm going to start reading. In clause six, we will next week be receiving input on any policy uh, inputs from the department on this clause five and from the uh, legal people next week as we proceed. Oh, yes, I forgot. You still want to speak? I, uh, honorable members, I'd omitted from giving Mr. Achilles an opportunity. <laughs> uh, thank you, Chair and honorable members. Uh, I think we are covered in respect of the coverage um, in respect of the services to be provided for different categories. I think uh, the Honourable Member Munyai, um have raised, have pointed that out. Um, and um, with regard to, Chair, I just want to point out with accredited services, it is defined, and there's a reference to Section 39 of the, uh, Clause 39 of the Bill, uh, which provides for the process for accreditation. And that is a very detailed process, it's a comprehensive process for healthcare service providers to comply with. There are very there are statutory obligations, there are contractual obligations, um, and there's also provision for renewal refusal um, of um, such uh, accreditation. And those are detailed in the bill and will be further detailed in the regulations by the empowering provisions. Um, uh, covering those, uh, the uh, the process for accreditation or the legal framework for that, it's 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 dealt with in terms of clause thirty nine of um, of the bill. Uh, with regard to all the categories of um, coverage, um, the issue regarding refugees, asylum seekers, and foreigners, 
those are all dealt with within um, within the scope of Clause 4. Um, firstly, Chair, in terms of the Immigration Act and foreigner is defined, it's somebody who's not a citizen. An illegal foreigner is somebody who does not, who's here in contravention of the Immigration Act. Um, so those um, um, categories of persons, as identified in Clause 4, um, are clearly uh, covered in terms of our existing legislative framework. Uh, with regard to children, all children will be covered. All children. So nobody, nobody will be excluded if you're a child under the age of 18 years old. You will be able to have access to um, all, the, um, all the medical services that, that, that are required. And we have basic services that would be, that, that would be required um, in way needed. Um, in respect of, um, I think we, we are covered with regard to emergency medical services. That's a constitutional imperative, and that's also dealt with in terms of, of the bill. I just also want to add, Chair, with regard to um, regulations, uh, I think we have a specific provision in Clause 55. Um, it's Clause 55.4, which provides that regulations must be tabled in the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces for a period of one month before being finalized. So the legislature will be able to consider any draft legislation um, before being finalized as well. And some of the members, I can't remember which member now, but it referred to that Parliament should um, also consider those. So that is already catered for in Clause um, 55.4, Chair. That's just the points that I just wanted to raise for the committee's benefit. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Honourable members, that concludes our discussion on Clause 5. Honourable Clark, I'm just shaking my head. You sound so bad. You sounded like my children to me. Yes, because... <laughs> <laughs> I think, Chair, um, just on what was said, I just wanted clarity when we talk about emergency services that are going to be supplied. I mean, what are they? Is it the standard PMB cases that you would get... Um, in the medical of, of fraternity that you have to be um, seen to immediately if it's a PMB case. I just want clarity on that. Thank you. Thank you. That clarity will get next week, Honorable Clark. So let us continue. I'm going to read those six Honorable Members. It's uh, titled Chair? Rights of Users. Chair, I've um, raised hand. But Honourable Sukers, I have concluded on clause five. Yes. I'm going to move forward. I'm sure you would find a way to bring it back into clause six. Yes. So can I continue and you raise later? Thank you. Rights of users. Clause six. Without derogating from any other right or entitlement granted under this act or under any other law, a user of healthcare services purchased by the fund is entitled within the state's available and appropriate resources 
I'm now not going to mention all of the subclosures. I'll just start reading them because I see quite a number of them here. To receive necessary quality healthcare services free at the point of care from an accredited healthcare provider or health establishment upon proof of registration with a fund. To information relating to the fund and healthcare service benefits available to users. To access any information or records relating to his or her health kept by the fund as provided for in the Promotion of Access to Information Act in order to exercise or protect his or her rights. Not to be refused access to healthcare services on unreasonable grounds. Not to be unfairly discriminated against as provided for in the Constitution and the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act 2000, which is Act Number 4 of 2000. To access healthcare services within a reasonable time period, to be treated with a professional standard of care, to make reasonable decisions about his or her health care, to submit a complaint in accordance with Section 42 regarding poor access to or quality of health care services or fraud and other abuses by a health care service provider, a health establishment, a supplier or the fund. To request written reasons for decisions of the fund, to lodge an appeal against a decision of the fund in accordance with Section 43, to institute proceedings for the judicial review of any decision of the appeal tribunal, to the protection of his or her rights to privacy and confidentiality in accordance with the Protection of Personal Information Act 2013, Act Number 4 of 2013, insofar as he or she must grant written approval for the disclosure of personal information in the possession of or accessible to the fund unless the information is shared among healthcare service providers for the lawful purpose of serving the interests of users or is utilized by the fund for any other lawful purpose related or incidental to the functions of the fund, to have access to information on the funding of healthcare services in the Republic, and to purchase healthcare services that are not covered by the fund through a complementary voluntary medical insurance scheme registered in terms of the Medical Schemes Act, any other private health insurance scheme or out-of-pocket payments, as the case may be. Now, honorable members, you would now see why I earlier thought we should uh, deal or manage our work as I had, had suggested in the beginning. But for today's purposes, we will continue as we have decided this morning. We'll take the entire clause, and you'll be able to give your inputs on the entire clause. But I think from next week, I'm making a proposal. From next week, I'm going to go close and subclose. So that it's going to make it much easier for us than having to deal with, uh, I think it's uh, 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15 subclauses in one clause. So um, it's going to make life much easier as we proceed. For now, I'm going to take hands, Honorable Gela, Honorable Clark, Honorable Ismail, Honorable Munyai, Honorable Suela, Honorable Kaba. Please remember where your name is. Are you writing for me? Honorable Harvard, Honorable Sukars, is that still your legacy? And I see yours is first, Honorable Sukars, I think. Honorable Van Staden, Honorable Churwa. Okay, I'm going to try again, and Honorable Wilson. So, uh, do you all remember? I'm not able to write down at the same time unless we go slower. I'm going to try again. So, did I say Clark, Ismail, Gela, Siwela? Sorry? First. Right. Gela, Clark, Wilson. That's Ismail. Ismail. Uh, that's Ismail. Okay. Ismail. Who's this? Harvard. <laughs> Suka. No, I missed out some here okay. now. Yeah. Hang on. I don't think it's gonna matter that whatever that order is now. Let me let me get this, please. So it's Gala, Clark, Ismail. I'm going to go in this order. Siwela, Munyai, Kaba, Harvard, on the platform, Sukers, Churwa, uh, Van Staden, and Churwa, and then Wilson. And myself, to Chaperson. And then Tembokwayo. Okay, in that order, honorable members, you remember your place. Uh, thank you very much, Chaperson. Uh, firstly, let me second or support you um, next week in our next meeting. I think uh, it will be proper uh, if we deal close by close so that at least, and also subsection, so that at least uh, we know uh, everything accordingly. The way you are proposing, I'm supporting you, Chair, 100%, uh, and it must be recorded. Chairperson, uh, coming to the rights of users, uh, uh, clause six, uh, I want to make my submission uh, 6A, uh, ANC support uh, this clause. Uh, users will be entitled to receive quality health care service uh, using um, applicable uh, standards and norms. That will be my submission. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Clark. Thank you, Chairperson. And I'll go clause by clause so you don't have to sign. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, clause D, it says not to be refused access to healthcare services on unreasonable grounds. What would constitute unreasonable grounds? Then um, in terms of the 
the appeals committee that has to be established, um, what criteria we need to know, what criteria will be used to establish that, that committee. And then just in terms of O, and this is just a comment where, um, you know, we're going, to have, we're going to have NHI and they will provide certain um, uh, treatment for certain um, cases and then where they can't provide the, the, treat, the certain treatment, we'll, we'll have to have uh, a medical aid or a private insurance fund. And, you know, in this current economic climate of South Africa, where people are really, really um, strained at the moment financially, I just think this is going to place a massive burden on people where they've got to pay extra taxes. And I know Dr. Crisp said that people would not be paying extra taxes, but then in the next line it says they'll be sourced from payroll tax as one of the sources. So, I mean, you are going to be paying tax, irrespective of how you're going to put it to fund the NHI. And um, and then you have to would also have to take a top-up insurance in order to cover what the NHI won't cover. And I just don't know if South Africans are going to be able to afford all that in this economic climate, because I don't think I think we have a very low rich class left in this country. People have now moved to middle class and middle class have now moved to poor class because of the constraints we are having to deal with in this country. So that's a comment of mine and that's an extremely worrying factor is the funding around NHI and what, what additional taxes we would need to pay in order to fund. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chair. Um, sorry, the previous time I spoke, I, I think I even included Clause 6 in there, with all the notes that I've written. But I also want to touch on Clause 6 uh, oh, uh, It outlines the right of users to purchase healthcare services not covered by the fund through alternative, alternative funding mechanism. Now, this obviously, as uh, uh, my Honourable uh, Clark colleague has specified, Due to this, you know, the impact of COVID and the, basically the, the state of our economy, this is going to put an unnecessary strain, further strain, I should say, on people because they cannot actually afford two medical aids in because that is what it's actually going to be boiling down to or coming down to. The second point is that users of the NHI fund retain the right to seek additional medical funding support from private medical aid schemes, not Not all citizens can afford again to contribute to a, a, a major concern because I'm looking at it that the I, I'm looking at it in a perspective and you know speaking to other people as well, uh, looking at it in a perspective to say that you know you're actually uh, hampering uh, healthcare services by having these two uh, specifications in. There's also a lack of transparency as to what is available and hence nothing to prevent the state from withholding a reasonable standard of care and the available and appropriate, you know, clause should say status. This again, a concern uh, given the state's failure to procure and provide appropriate medication and food in a number of its hospitals currently. So, uh, you know, just looking into the implementation on the ground currently, how how is this actually going to be workable going into the NHI and ensuring that these type of uh, issues don't, uh, you know, come up again. Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chairperson. 
Chiwela? Yes. <clears throat> Thank you, Chairperson. I, I also want to, to support you on your proposal that uh, next week we do things differently for us to move faster. And I equally support Honorable Kela on what you said with regard to Clause 6A. I will talk to Clause 6B and uh, indicate that the African National Congress support this clause under the promotion of access to information, users of healthcare services have a right to be given access to information regarding the fund and its operation. And secondly, this entails transparency and accountability to, to, to use. And um, Fera, with regard to six, uh, clause 6C, I just want to indicate that the ANC support these laws. It is reasonable for an individual to receive information related to the um, health. And uh, earlier on, Honorable Clark spoke to 6D, which deals with unreasonable ground. The African National Congress, I'm not so sure whether this will be of help to him. Um, the African National Congress support this clause. And of course, for us, the meaning of unreasonable ground as outlined in the proposed revised definitions, which um, probably Honorable Munyai spoke to last week, will actually mean beyond the limits of account of acceptability or fairness. So I submit here. Thank you. Honorable Munyai. Uh, thank you very much, esteemed Honorable Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee and the people of South Africa. The clause 6N, uh, Honorable Chair, that's what the Honorable, that's what the African National Congress support. I mean, this clause of uh, clause 6N, I must repeat. The users, Honorable Chair, should always have access to full, accurate, and transparent information about the healthcare services that are entitled to receive at all levels of care. Such information, Honorable Chair, should be readily accessible in local languages, through the local media, and other publicly accessible communication channels. Thank you, Honorable Chair. That will be my submission from the African National Congress. Thank you. Honorable Taba. No, thanks, Chair. I think uh, I also rise, Chair, in support of Honorable Kela, Siwela, and Munyai, who just spoke now. But wanting to also emphasize on Clause 60, uh, which state that to be treated with professional standard of care. The ANC supports this clause on a basis that a commitment to but principles, which stipulates that the standard of care may not be lowered or will progressively, and may not be lowered, instead it will be progressively improved. This is in line um, with the principle of service standards, uh, where users 
must be told what level and quality public services. This, this will receive so that we are aware of what to expect. So this is in line with particular principles. Uh, lastly, I also want to input on the Clause 6J, uh, uh, which says that uh, to request written reasons uh, for decisions of the fund. Uh, the ANC supports this clause. Uh, because it inquires the NHI fund, consistent with other state structures, must operate in an open and transparent way. And users must be provided with sufficient detailed, understandable and accessible information regarding NHI funds decisions. So written reasons, it's a good thing. So it is supported in that it opens up. So transparent to it. Thanks, Chair. Honorable Albert. Thank you, Honorable Chair. The ANC support Clause 6, Rights of Users. Also, I add other inputs for Clause 6L. ANC supports this clause as well. It recognizes the importance of allowing users to seek judicial review when unhappy with the decisions reached by the Pew Tribunal. Users must be provided with full information of decisions reached with relevant details appropriately, communicated in a timely manner. Thank you. Honorable Sukers. Yes, Chair, I, I have a process question, Chair, and uh, it comes from um, the discussion previously on Clause 5, for which um, we still, do, I don't have any idea, and I may have missed it, in terms of how provisions are made for undocumented children. And I'm asking a process question in relation to this. Are we, are considerations being given to all inputs of all members of this committee? Or are we here to just rubber stamp whatever is being put there? Because then we can all just sit here and, you know, I, I really need to know, is all considerations being given to the inputs here? I've raised the matter of undocumented children. Several members have. I don't have a clue how does the clause that we've just left or completed um, um, consider consideration is, has been made. Um, in order to ensure that those children have access. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Sukers. Chairperson, uh, I as an IFP member, I'm not a rapper stamp in this committee. Thank you. All of us, Chair. Honorable members. Thank you, Maslingo, for what you have just raised, but let me myself explain to Honorable Sukers what we are doing. That is why this process is as thorough as it is. And I have asked before that we be patient with this process. There's a lot of talk on the content here where we interrogate words. And it's correct so that we have to interrogate every single word, words like must and may, etc., which are constantly coming up. It is correct so. But it is also correct that we follow the right process so that when there is any challenge in the future, 
that we are not found wanting in terms of what we had done in our committee meetings. And for that purpose, I am the chairperson of this committee. And I would then, when issues are raised by members, let me be the first call instead of everybody putting their hands up and then wanting to answer. See if I'm clever enough or intelligent enough to manage that process. Then you decide when I am not capable, you're very welcome to say, no, you have to spoken nonsense here now. You haven't really answered the point. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this in particular because we then be going from one to the other to the other every single day in that order. And we are not going to advance the work that is said before us. So allow me, honorable Sukars. I did say that when we have completed these discussions, there are notes being taken by the, uh, I'm going to start on my left, the NDOH, the legal advisors, state law advisors, and the legal advisor to parliament, and then also the members themselves. Every single member here is familiarizing themselves with what is being said by another member. So when we come back next week, we will take from clause two up to where we end today. We'll get these inputs, but we would have to advance the work and not go back to it all the time. Otherwise, we're not going to progress. And that's the final say. Honorable Munya, I've just spoken on this issue. I hope you don't want to speak on the same point. I see your hand is raised. All right. Honorable Munya. Chair, while I was speaking, my system shut down, so I had to restart it. I missed two, two input, if I could be allowed to conclude it. All right. Can I just then conclude? Thank you very much. Noted. Uh, Honorable Chair uh, and the people of South Africa, the ANC rise to support. Honorable Munwe. Okay. I'll call you for that now. Uh, I said, let me finish what I was saying. Thank you very much. So, uh, Honorable Sukas, I hope that answers your question uh, and your concerns. And uh, we'll be following that process and procedure as we go forward. All right. That having been said, I just need to familiarize myself. Um, uh, Honorable Sukas, are you completed with what your point? Is that your only point you wanted to raise? That was my only point. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable Munya, I'll allow you now. And then I'll Thank continue you. down the list, Honorable Members. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I, as I said, I support what Honorable Gela and what Honorable Taba and Honorable Swera would have said. Let me conclude with the two outstanding input that I, I want to make. I want to, the ANC rise to support Clause 6K and uh, on the basis that it recognized the importance of the following of the act of allowing the users to seek redress in the dis when they are dissatisfied with a decision reached by the fund. And this must happen in an environment where users' rights are respected and is sympathetic in a sympathetic manner. User must always be treated with courtesy and must not accept any form of insensitive treatment. Honorable Chair, I also, uh, I also support, I also support 
the clause uh, uh, 6F as the A on behalf of the ANC. This means, Honorable Chair, on the basis that the meaning of reasonable time or period as outlined in the proposed revised definition as defined by the Benefits Advisory Committee through the clinical guidelines and protocol, as well as the standard of operation procedure. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, for considering my input. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Munyai. Honorable Suela, did I skip you? No. Okay, second round. Can I give you a second round? Thank you very much. Since we had a second round earlier, I'll go to Honorable... Yes, we're still busy with our first round. I agree. Now, uh, where am I now? I'm next, Chair. Yeah, I think so. The Honorable Van Staden is next. <laughs> Thank you, Chairperson. Now, on Clause 6, um, the very first paragraph without derogating from any other right or entitlement granted under this Act or under any other law, a user of healthcare services purchased by the fund is entitled within the state's available and appropriate resources. My question is, what is the state's current available and appropriated resources? Um, uh, the question is, is um, and, and I need some help here, is can our state hospitals and clinics with the current challenges of shortages of doctors and nurses and medicines and equipment be a favor, seen as a favorable environment for the implementation of the NHI. So that is my, my concern which that I have on the state's availability and appropriate resources. Uh, do we know what it is and is it available? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Cherua. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, I, I want to raise an issue with number 6A. Um, on the issue of, of proof of registration being a requirement before accessing or having access to the fund. I, I don't think this particular clause works in favor of, of, of everything, really. It's just an issue of access that we've been constantly been raising. That the issue of the NHI presents itself as a solution to access to health care. But it's clauses such as this that then isolate people from the issue of access. And the fact that we're talking about documentation and we're talking about the referral system and we're talking about access goes to show that the very same people it maneuvers or presents itself to having been here to serve, which are poor people, are actually being isolated in these technicals like this one as well. There shouldn't be anyone that it does, that, that, that there shouldn't be a requirement that legislation to the fund should be a prerequisite to accessing access to the fund, right? Because number one, we don't know the time frame of the registrations of the users of the NHI. And it isn't stipulated either. There isn't even a surety of this process being done diligently and efficiently either. There must be a provision for healthcare to still be accessible regardless of whether a person is registered or not. And number 6D uh, is in complete contradiction of 6FGH which primarily make room for access. But 6D and 6A then come and maneuver in as one of the barriers that will have us coming once again, keep coming back on the issue of access 
which is what the bill wants to achieve, even though we know that politically, even though we know politically and socially this is not the case, because as much as we say we want to bridge the gap between private and public hospitals, people in township areas are still going to be uh, exposed to public health care facilities. People in rural areas, there's no private hospitals in rural areas. So they will still be exposed to private facilities. So when we say we are bridging the gap between the poor and the rich by making access uh, possible in the private sector, we're talking about people who are living in affluent areas who have net care in their close range, which then they, they can apply this issue of referral. I know I'm digressing a bit, but I'm trying to raise the issue of access continuing to be an issue even in this particular clause. And it's something we've been raising in the, in the, in the clauses prior to this one, but it still suffices in, in this particular clause. What then becomes a direction? Because then whatever is, what, what the, the purpose of this bill and how it was presented to us is that it wants to resolve the issue of access, right? By, by prioritizing universal healthcare coverage. But now we're, we keep on highlighting issues in this particular bill, in these clauses, that contradict that very same sentiment. Does then the preamble still uh, suffice if these issues are still coming up, if issues of access are still coming up, if issues of documentation are still coming up, if issues of poor people having access are still coming up, if issues of public facilities being ready infrastructurally with human resource are still coming up, does it still suffice as a bill that leads us towards quality or access to healthcare? It does not, sadly, whether we want to believe it or not. Um, but and these particular small and clauses are proof of that. 6A should be completely scratched, scrapped off. Nothing must keep people from accessing the fund, whether they are registered or not. Nothing should keep them from accessing the fund. Whether it is by choice, whether it is by situation, whether it is by the, the social or political economic uh, 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 circumstances, nothing should keep people from accessing the fund, if even if they are not registered for the fund. And that process should be outlined, prop and that particular issue should be outlined properly overtly, and these Molanyana clauses that make room for that to be possible or to happen, because we also won't do oversight in each and in all the 4,000 clinics and 5,000 hospitals in the country, it's impossible. And we'll still face issues of people calling us as members of parliament and calling public servants in the country to say that they were turned away because they don't have proof of registration. And it is, it is, it is also encapsulated within the bill. So the people who will be turning them back won't even be wrong because there's there's room for that in this in these very same clauses. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Wilson, as followed by Honorable Dr. Tembakwayo. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, so clause six basically deals with the, the rights of users, and in this case, what does the Constitution and the Bill of Rights say, and what should people be getting? And I think that this rights of users is what that is trying to address, okay? Um, and and going, going through clause six, I think constitutionally, in other words, the constitutional right of people to quality access to quality healthcare and all of those kind of things, what they should be able to get, I think is encapsulated in clause six. I know that as we go forward in this process, and I have read the bill rights through, we are going to go to clauses other clauses and breakdowns of particular issues and the wording around quality, access, accreditation. So I'm not going to deal with that now because I do believe that Clause 6 itself and what people should get, and please note I say should, 
<laughs> is encapsulated in the rights of users in, in, this, in this section of the bill. So at this stage, I am prepared to support what's basically there because I think the questions we need to ask ourselves are going to come up in clauses, the other clauses, the breakdown of appeal boards and access and quality and accreditation further down the bill. I know that that's coming. Just to say, though, and, and we have turned down bills in um, Parliament before on the grounds that they are unsustainable, okay? And, and, and why am I raising this now under this? Well, simply, you know, people are entitled to necessary quality health care. They must get it. They're entitled to it. The Bill of Rights says they must, okay? They're not. And that is my concern. And, and I, I'm just going to use one statistic to support the comment, is that in the 2016-2017 um, OHSC report, and this is specifically on MMR, okay, uh, uh, maternity mortality rates, MMRs, okay, which is one of the um, areas we focus on when we look at, at healthcare. It's one of the key things that determines the level of healthcare. And at that stage, um, only seven establishments out of 696 public health facilities managed to reach the score necessary to be accredited as an NHI service provider. So while this, while the, the while clause six deals with what they should get in our current health system, it is unsustainable under the Department of Health in the current system. Okay. I mean, my particular concern is, and I know we are going to this further up the line, uh, when it comes to um questioning, asking questions about the fund, why were we denied, laying complaints and all of those kind of things. Ultimately, these go to the health ombudsman, um, and I know that we will deal with that as we go further, but we have continually in this um, start of the NHI process con uh, compared ourselves to the national health system in Britain. And I just want to highlight one issue because it's important, is that our health ombudsman's got four members of staff. You're going to be dealing with millions of complaints when this starts out. He's got four members of staff. The same office in Britain where we com complete, we, we consistently compare ourselves to or what we would like to achieve has got 80. So from my perspective, you want this to work, I'll support the clause because it covers the Bill of Rights and it covers what people should get. Don't tell us what we should get if you can't deliver what they should get. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Temba Kwayo. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I just want to ask you, as a Chairperson, before I can uh, support what Honorable Chira said to say, you know, I, 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 I'm wondering whether we'll be able to achieve on uh, the intended achievement of implicating some, uh, including some amendment suggestions into this position. Why? Because I feel you are the chairperson, you chair the committee, and the committee consists of all the different political parties. But for you as the chairperson to say, uh, as the ANC, as the chairperson and everything, it's contradicting, please. I, I, I think you just have got to put your facts through and consider all our facts without uh, making, uh, uh, saying that uh, you, you, you support uh, the thing. Leave it to the members 
that are there to can make a conclusive uh, suggestion as it may be. Because for us, it means it's just a, an exercise that we are doing, but our uh, possible amendments, as it is suggested right now, will never be taken into consideration. That is what my thought. And uh, secondly, to say, I support uh, what Honorable Chirwa has said, to say definitely we won't be able to get to can uh, support the information as it reflected in in section six because we had a problem of undocumented uh, uh, people including uh, the uh, production of uh, producing the proof of residences and and so on and so on so we we, we definitely not in line with what what you have read or what is contained in the NHI bill thank you Thank you. Honourable members, we have 18 minutes left of today's meeting. I have not been able to give my own input. The input I'm about to give is the input as a member of the African National Congress. So there's a distinction between when I chair the meeting and when I give input on the bill, I also have the right to have a view. And I also have the right to express that view. And I also have the right to express that view in terms of the party which I represent. Um, so I think I'm going to now give my input on two uh, subclauses of the bill, which would be subclause uh, H, which reads to make reasonable decisions about his or her health care. Now, we understand that all people who are capable of making those decisions about their own health care should be allowed to be able to make those decisions. And this is basically what this clause is saying, that people have the right to full and accurate information. And they should be provided with such at any of the public services which they will receive now or even receive in the future, or that they are entitled to receive. And then also that it will include being consultant, uh, consulted about the level of care which they want need to receive, the quality of the services which they need to receive and to access, and what are those services specifically which they have a right to, to, um, to access. So the ANC supports this clause. Um, and then on clause... Uh, uh, six, uh, six O, uh, which deals with the purchase of healthcare services, um, and, and in particular, uh, the title says the rights of users. So users have the right to purchase healthcare services, which are not covered in terms of this bill, and in terms of the services which will be provided. Uh, and that could be either through complementary medical schemes, it could be, uh, which are then, of course, registered in terms of the Medical Schemes Act, or out of pocket, as the case may be. It is also in line, uh, we would then think that the medical schemes uh, which are registered would be then in line with the Medical Schemes Act, as I mentioned earlier, and the ANC also supports this clause. So, honorable members, that has concluded the first round. I see many hands going up uh, inside the venue. Uh, I have seen uh, honorable Kaba was first. Let's just write this down this time. 
So better patience from yourselves, Gaba, and then I saw Siwela, I saw Gela, Munyai. Any on the virtual platform? So that I don't take your last every time, Clark. Honorable Sukars and Honorable Chirwa. Any other members? Honorable Kaba, we start with Yamana repeat. Kaba, Siwela, Yela, Munyai, Clark, Sukars, Chirwa. Thanks. I think as the ANC, we support that uh, Clause 6 uh, uh, be understood properly, and it is correct the manner in which Honorable Munyai and Kela had uh, outlined, including Suela. The issue of the access chain, whether it is emergency, it is on children, it is on undocumented, that we have spoken to. We said on we said that section 27 on the Bill of Rights, uh, that is access to uh, there is no way that, that the NHI from its preamble will undermine the constitution. We also said uh, on five clause 5.4b that they, there will be no children that are left behind. Uh, or, or on the past laws, which it is also deals, deals on access. We also said on the undocumented that uh, children uh, of asylum seekers or which are illegally uh, registered at birth on 5.3 will be accommodated. We also said that, that uh, the health patient registration system uh, registers the registers the undocumented uh, people already and honorable munyaiche had also said that uh, the issue of access especially on 6n also will deal with the issue of your local languages the access is adequately attended to so therefore clause 6 it's relevant we must just understand wherein people will be able to register their accessibility in accessing the system. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson, thank you. I just want to uh, make a short input with regard to clause 6i. Chair, the ANC support this clause simply because this clause recognizes the importance of allowing users to redress when dissatisfied with the standard of service received and equally empowers them to submit complaints that must be attended to swiftly and effectively. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I also want to make um, uh, uh, my input in clause uh, 6E. ANC supports this clause. This is in line with the constitutional and our Bill of Rights. Then the other one, Chairperson, that I want to also to submit my position or my comments, uh, it's clause 6M. Uh, African National Congress supports this clause. 
This is in the spirit of ensuring that the provisions of this bill are consistent and prescribed in the Constitution. A protection of Personal Information Act uh, 2013. Uh, the other input, uh, Chair, uh, the information is necessary for the operation of the fund so that it can uh, serve the interest of users uh, of healthcare services. Thank you, Chairperson. And I support your input, uh, Chairperson, as you also uh, contributed towards uh, this bill. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you forgot me. <laughs> yes, no, I didn't forget you. I just want to uh, also say, so I don't always put myself in the end. Just to say that I had read uh, what I thought is an amendment we want to put forward to uh, under clause 6, uh, subclause O. And at this time, I just want to read it in terms of what I had said as an amendment that is being proposed. Uh, and it should read to purchase healthcare services that are not covered by the fund through a complementary medical scheme registered in terms of the Medical Schemes Act or out of pocket as the case may be, just to make sure that that is captured. Honorable Bunya, you may continue. No, I wanted to reaffirm that, that slight amendment of 6O as you read it as to purchase healthcare services that are not covered by the fund through the uh, a complementary medical scheme registered in terms of Medical Schemes Act uh, or out of pocket uh, as the case may be. This is in line, Honorable Chair, with provision of the Medical uh, Schemes Act. Thank you. I'm supporting your, uh, your, your view, Honorable Chair, on that clause uh, 6.0, subsection. Thank you. Honorable Clark. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, a lot of discussion has taken place today, and there's, there's um, clauses um, that we've discussed today that makes absolute sense, but on paper, very often things make a lot of sense, but it's when, when it comes to the implementation where um, you see whether you are going to be successful or not. And um, in, in the view of the DA, many of these clauses make a lot of sense, but we don't think they're sustainable and we don't think they'll be achieved. And therefore, we will not support the bill at this stage. Um, and I would really like to make a recommendation to the department. I don't know how often um, our, our staff are out on the ground, but we certainly do a lot of those things. And when you go and visit some of these hospitals, I'm telling you, you are shocked at what you find. And Honourable Ismail can bear me out. We went to visit um, our Tambo Hospital in Boxburg. I mean, it's a nightmare, absolute nightmare. And, and I suggest, you know, we, we actually compile a document of all our health facilities to ensure that our health facilities actually are able to sustain what's in these very good clauses here. Thank you. Honourable Sukers? Yeah, Chair, um, I, I think um, 
we are on record, the ACDP, that we do not support the NHI because of the current environment and the issues of excess and infrastructure as outlaid by um, our, my colleagues um, um, very well earlier. Uh, so I, I actually want clarity on, um, on the right to make to ex, uh, I'm sorry, the right to make reasonable decisions about his or her, her health care. Um, and the clarity I seek is how this would pertain especially to, um, to children and uh, specifically children between the ages um, of, that is below the age of 18. Um, so if I could get clarity, I know that in terms of the Children's Act as well, um, with certain procedures that children um, can, at the age of 12, for instance, uh, make a decision in regard to abortion, things like that. How does, um, if I can get clarity in terms of that, the issue of parental right and informed consent, how it pertains to that particular um, line. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Honourable members, just be reminded we have five minutes left. So we have two members who still want to raise their points. And then after that, our time will be expired for this meeting. Honourable Chirwa. Sorry, Chair. My hand's up, but I don't want to discuss the bill. I just want if we can just have a couple of minutes at the end of this to discuss the way forward over the next few weeks. Thank you. Thank you. Honourable Chirwa. Thank you, Chairperson. The EFF rejects this clause as, as much as we reject the NHI, we will not be part of a group of people that will mislead this country into thinking that the NHI will usher in excess by outsourcing healthcare in the private sector when there's no private hospitals in townships, in rural areas and in informal settlements, especially when there's clauses that exist like 6A uh, and 6D, which is in complete contradiction of 6FGH and also our Bill of Rights as well. So in as much as we reject the NHI, there's another reason on top of that and proof and evidence that there's clauses even in this NHI that masquerades as something that will usher access to our people, that it is not the case as proven with this particular clause that we mentioned before. Thank you very much, Shepherdson. Thank you, Honorable Isma. Uh, thank you, Chair. I forgot to say this uh, previously. I'm partly covered by Honorable Wilson and Honorable Clark, but, you know, I just want to say that, you know, since we have a major service delivery on the end of most of our public health care facilities currently, and we have a, you know, very good document stating here that this will be done and the infrastructure will be upgraded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we obviously look forward to that. Uh, that we look forward to the day when we actually have an efficient healthcare system in South Africa. However, uh, since we're looking at this NHI bill right now, and once, if, and uh, it is passed the parliament, uh, you know, going through the courts and whatever is necessary, um, I just want to ask on a point of clarity is that are we going to be looking at then implementing the NHI only when our infrastructure has been adequately uh, uh, upgraded to the to the to the necessary requirements of compliance of the health, uh, you know, the, the Office of the Health Senate uh, uh, and Compliance. Um, secondly is that, uh, I forgot to bring up the issue here, is that the NHI bill, you know, need to clearly express, and maybe I've missed it, uh, please guide me if I have. The NHI bill must clearly express that a healthcare practitioner will not lose his or her accreditation 
if he or she chooses, you know, to actually prescribe medicine that is out of the formulary in circumstances where the cost of the medication would not have otherwise been covered by the fund. So I just want to um, ensure that is there a choice of a right to say, you know what, Sometimes when you go to the doctor, the doctor will tell you there's this medication and this, this medication. Do you want the generic or do you want this one? Or, you know, the difference in the medication. So uh, I just want to know that if a doctor actually prescribes something out of their formulary, will then he, will he, he or she then lose their accreditation? Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Sorry, There was a light hand of Honorable Sengwa. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, as an IFP, we are the party which is going right down to the grassroots level where people of South Africa are just poor and poorest. We are, uh, as IFP, going down there and look there and look at their image. Therefore, we support fully support this NHI so that our people down there will be supported and will get healthy in the healthcare services. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable members, just be mindful we have one minute left. We also have a request from Honorable Wilson on the way forward. Is, can, is that something that we can do next week? Next week, we're going to continue with no, second continue. round. Yes. <laughs> Honorable Munyai, then. No, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. As the African National Congress, we support the whole clause six with a slight amendment that has been recorded before this meeting. I will appreciate that, uh, Honorable Chair. Those slight amendment that was in six O, and six subsection O, as uh, has been read by yourself and and also reaffirmed by myself. And we are so grateful that uh, what we put forward, uh, for instance, Honorable Chairperson, uh, in all the members of the African National Congress, has been solid, concrete, clause by clause, which will stand by ourselves. And if you will advise us, because uh, all what we spoke before us, we're going to email towards the secretary and copy the chairperson all individual members of the African National Congress. And don't forget that slight amendment that we have made on 6, uh, subsection O. Thank you. Thank you very much, honorable members. You've just gone from a bronze medal to a silver today. Thank you. I applaud you. I hope we will advance to the gold medals very soon, but we've done very well. I thank you personally for a wonderful meeting today. Remember where we have ended? We have ended with a first round on clause six. Um, it could be that there will not be a second because we've concluded it unless we're going to be fair to everyone and bring that second uh, round next week. But um, have a wonderful sitting today. Uh, we thank the department for coming too. We thank the, the uh, state law advisors for coming. Uh, our uh, legal representative to Parliament. I have a safe trip home. Enjoy the sitting today. And uh, as to, and I'm well now, Honorable Wilson, as to whether we have received permission for next week, Tuesday, is still a, a, an open question. 
because we do advance as we have to request. It is not a case of I can just call meetings. No, we have to follow the program of parliament and be advised and agreed to by our superiors. So as far as we are concerned, every Wednesday morning is our meeting time. If we get additional time, we take that additional time. Uh, so, Honorable Wilson, you wanted to quickly say then something? I see your hand is raised again. I, I thank you, Chairperson, yes, um, because we had a bit of a mix-up this week where we were all trying to rush down to get here yesterday in time for a portfolio that never took place. It was later explained to us why, but, you know, there's no aeroplanes. Sorry? <laughs> flights are, no aeroplanes. Yeah. Uh, the flights are pretty full with the with the grounding of the with the Kame plans. So we need that information quite well in advance. The other concern, and I raised it on the group chair, is next Thursday, and I know we're not meeting next Thursday, is a public holiday, it's Tuesday, and a lot of us are involved in big events on Tuesday on that we're supporting. Um so for me who comes from Limpopo, it takes me a day to get here and it takes me a day to get home and that's how I have to plan my life. Um, so, you know, I, there, there will be times where, you know, because a lot of us are going to be in the same situation next week that, you know, that and while we want one-on-one -on -one meetings, um, these kind of meetings when there's public holidays as well as sittings as well as everything else happening on, um, I, and I will speak for myself because I can't speak for everybody, that I will have to do virtually because I cannot fly down on a Tuesday night for a meeting on Wednesday and excuse myself halfway through the afternoon on Wednesday to fly back. So, and the other concerns, Chair, and I know you are waiting, you, you've explained that it's it's on approval of, of certain procedures and budgets and what have you. Um, this, we are still months into this. I mean, you know, if we're going to do two clauses every time we have a sitting, um, we're still a long way away, and we're not getting to the technical clauses yet. Um, so, you know, and I, and I also expressed this on the on the group. So, um, we're going into a recess period. We know what that recess period has been from the beginning of the term. Um, a couple of us are going in for surgeries or have, you know, chosen that time to book and take away breaks, which is is what, you know, we need after we deal with with bills like this it's quite exhausting um if if they so we we are saying please while this bill is important and i know recess is a long one um we are very full um over recess certainly very difficult to fly down for meetings if we can attend at all i thank you chair thank you very much so, honourable members, we did say earlier there was a reason for not having the meeting yesterday. Apart from that, uh, we're also aware that our secretary is not well. So, I think we must really be mindful when things change. That's the nature of life. It changes all the time. Only thing that is constant is change. So, when you do get a notice a little bit late, I hope you will see life in that way, that uh, change is inevitable. But we try our utmost best to inform you as early as we possibly can, as we had applied now, hopefully by Friday, considering how uh, our secretary also feels. So having said that, I also want to wish her again a good recovery. And uh, from all of us, I hear from all of us, Ms. Uh, Majalamba, um, uh, and uh, good recovery for you and also for your family. And uh, with that, having said, honorable members, you will be notified in advance whether we're sitting on Tuesday or Wednesday. We know those who will be, sit, will be attending virtually. 
and this meeting is therefore adjourned. Thank you. Good job, person. Thank you, Chairperson. Record.